What's up, guys? It's your host, Kai, with my co-host, Etienne, and this is the Depressed Sports Fans Podcast. We have so much going on today. Probably, in my opinion, other than free agency, the craziest day of this offseason. So much happened. We got so much to talk about. Etienne, give us the details on this trade that we just saw. Yeah, we woke up to some major trade news regarding the draft. The Dolphins are giving pick number three to San Francisco. They jump all the way from number 12 to pick number three. And in exchange, the San Francisco 49ers are sending over uh, pick number 12, their third round pick next year, a first next year, and a first round pick in 2023. So this is huge. And everyone's got to think they're going quarterback. But we'll kind of touch into that a little bit later. But there was another trade that happened too with the Eagles sending pick number six to Miami. So Miami trades out and then they trade a little bit closer back in. Um, Miami sending their 12th overall this year, a 2022 first round pick, which is the 49ers one that they got in the trade before. And they're just swapping third round picks. Sakai, what do you think about all of this? It's just crazy. I mean, the 49ers one, I thought that they would be interested in trading up. Um, You know, we know that Jimmy Garoppolo just isn't going to cut it for um, for for what they have their sights on, which is the Super Bowl. They can definitely contend. Uh, they say that they're going to keep rolling with Jimmy G, but I 100% think that's a smokescreen. I don't think that they're really that high on him. And, you know, if you can get yourself uh, Trey Lance or Justin Fields, I really think you cannot miss on the opportunity. And why else would they have traded up unless they really wanted a quarterback? Um, Dolphins. Obviously, they didn't need to be up that high, so they traded down. I thought that they would have been fine at 12, but they decided they wanted to move up. They obviously have their sights on um, either getting Chase or Sewell, and I don't really think that they have a a priority or else they would have um, just stuck at three. I think they're fine with getting either Chase or Sewell. I mean, neither of them are huge needs for them, but it would really complement their team a lot. Man, I think this is the triple win. All the teams involved, um, you know, they made good moves. The only team, the only team that really lost in this was the Houston Texans, who uh, that third pick was originally theirs. Yeah, I mean, everyone is a winner in this. Honestly, San Francisco, they're gonna get their quarterback. It's up in the air. It's one of the two, but either one, in my opinion, I think they can't do wrong by picking any. Miami, they, yeah, like you said, it's pretty much Jamar Chase. Uh, they could go Sewell, but I don't think he'll fall there unless uh, pick number five gets traded to someone else. And the Eagles, they're acquiring more draft capital because their team's their team's in a mess right now. they got to get more picks for the future because they're still, I think they're still uh, over the cap. So uh, they're just preparing themselves for the future. And Jalen Hurts is probably going to be their starting quarterback too. Pretty big... Uh, Pretty big news, honestly. I'm not the biggest believer in him, but I think giving him one year to himself is is fair. Yeah, hundred percent. And that 12 spot's a great, great spot for them. I mean, in this draft, in this draft class, the 12 overall pick, in my opinion, feels like the fourth overall pick in most other classes. With just the pure um, level of talent there is in this draft, a lot of guys will be following. There will be first round level guys in the second round. There will be some guys that we just don't draft at all today in our mock that. We- that will just follow the second round just because this class is so good. I mean, look at this. Najee Harris, a 17th ranked prospect. This guy, to me, is a better or maybe equal prospect to Saquon Barkley, who was the second overall pick just a few years ago. Um, I think we should just get into this mock without any further ado. 
we have a lot to talk about. I'm going to be doing um, odds, and Etienne will be doing the evens. Um, let's start off. We got the first pick, Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't want to spend too much time on this one. It's pretty simple. Um, Trevor Lawrence, one of the best quarterback prospects ever. I'm going to pick him. Um, I can't think of any other alternative just because um, the pure potential that he has is greater than any quarterback I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, I'm not so sure he's the best like day one prospect. He's going to be great on day one, but the potential that he has with his physical tool set. Oh my God. Um, let's move on to Etienne's uh, Jets pick. You know, as you can tell, he's a big fan. Yeah, sadly I am, but I mean, pick number two, there's a lot of ways we can go, but in my eyes, we're not trading down. I think the pick is obvious. We're going Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. I'm super high on Wilson. I think I think it's a fair argument that Wilson played better than Trevor Lawrence this year. And, you know, you can't throw the competition thing around, but he had a great pro day today. He missed a few throws, but he made some really wow uh, throws. And he's really safe with the football, and in this kind of uh, branch of the Kyle Shanahan offense, you got to be smart with the football if the first reason there progress onto the second one and take care of the football. He didn't really force any throws and he can fit some balls into some tight windows. He can stretch the field. And I think this is the writing on the wall for Sam Darnold. It's a clean slate, new contract. And Robert Sala is going to start his tenure with his head coach. So both of their deals kind of expire around the same time. And yeah. Yeah, I love that pick. I mean... Wilson is my number two prospect in this class, and he goes number two overall. It's perfect for him. I does I do think he edges out Justin Fields in terms of talent. Um, potential, definitely really high, but I don't think he's going to be that great day one. Still a great pick, though. I mean, he's going to fit their scheme as well, what they got with uh, uh, Mike LaFleur. Let's move on. Now, this one I know we disagree on. I yeah. tell you guys right now, I'm picking Justin Fields here over Trey Lance. To me, he's a better prospect. He's more proven. Um, he's played better competition. I know he does have problems with staring down his first read, but that is problems that can be fixed by offensive genius um, Kyle Shanahan. I think, you know, he's maybe the most accurate, like, play-to-play passer in this class. He's not, like, the most uh, – I mean, he doesn't have the best arm strength. Um, but, I mean, he is he is getting some of, like, this – I don't know what to call it. I guess prospect fatigue is what people say, where, you know, people are really high on him at first, and then they nitpick flaws from his game. I still think he is a very, very good prospect. And, you know – you couldn't put him in a better situation than he has in San Francisco. I mean, this is a team that was in the Super Bowl just two years ago, and they have the number three overall pick. I mean, this is just perfect place for him. And no, oh, you wanted to pick Trey Lance, but here's the thing. Trey Lance has never faced good competition in his life. He's playing pretty much a D2 school. I mean, I know it's D1, but it's North Dakota State. I mean, I don't really count that as a D1 school. Uh and he didn't play at all last season, which is also a concern because if you want to sit him like behind Garoppolo, I mean, I know a lot of people want to um, sit their quarterback in the first year, but at the same time, it's like that would be him missing two years in a row, which I don't know. That's just a weird dynamic for me. Um, 
you know pick four though this one we're gonna have to talk about a while yeah but before that though i just want to touch on pick number three i don't think justin fields there is a bad pick at all i think him and trey lance either way they go it's good but i feel like more from a logistics standpoint i think that they would take trey lance instead based on the fact that justin fields he kind of struggles with his reads and in this west coast system you have to be super smart with the ball I don't know if you guys saw that Indiana game, but he was making some terrible decisions. And I, I know it can all be coached and fixed up, and he can't sit behind Garoppolo. But in my opinion, I think that Trey Lance is more of a project, which is why reports are coming out that Jimmy G is going to be their quarterback this upcoming year. So it gives Trey Lance some time to work on his mechanics, because at the end of the day, I think Trey Lance can be a better passer and a way smarter quarterback than Justin Fields. I, I, I feel like he just fits the system more. Um, he has some things to tweak, and also this. Just, just think about this. Um, it's a little bit, it's a little bit concerning, or not concerning, but it's it's a little bit weird. Why would the Niners trade up to number three if Justin Fields was their guy before his pro days even happened? Uh, Mac Jones had his pro day. He's not going at three. Trey Lance had his pro day though before. So you're really, you're really going to trade up before you see Justin Fields at his pro day, see any of his injury concern, maybe, maybe some problems start to happen, maybe he struggles under pressure. I think it's a little weird to trade up before you see the quarterback that you want uh, have their pro day and really have their own showcase. But anyways, Justin Fields is a fine pick. It's not bad, but personally, I just see Trey Lance being the better fit and more of the Kyle Shanahan type of pick there. But anyways... Pick number four, since you took Justin Fields at three, we're going Trey Lance at four. This is pretty self-explanatory. The Falcons are not going to be picking this high, probably for a while. Matt Ryan, he's going to be the quarterback next year, no matter what. Trey Lance, he's been out of football for basically a year. He had one game, but that doesn't really count, and he didn't really play the best. But Trey Lance, he can sit and marinate under Matt Ryan, an established player, uh, a guy who is very good. And he can kind of teach him, and Trey Lance can work on his mechanics. He can work on other things, because the Falcons, they have, a pretty, they have a pretty solid roster. The defense has some holes. Um, they might want to make an upgrade on the O-line, but they have a lot of receiving talent. Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones. I think this team, uh, they, they they could go best player available, but it doesn't make sense to me. This, this draft is just loaded with quarterback talent, and Trey Lance, his upside is so high. He has the speed. He has the cannon of an arm. And he has the football IQ. So I think he is the type of pick. And as we saw in Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill, he was smart with the football. It's why the system worked, because it was a lot of runs, play actions, first read not open, move on to the second one. Tannehill did a good job at that. Trey Lance showed at North Dakota State in that one really good season that he can progress on through his reads and be a safe quarterback. And I think uh, it would be a little bit more risky if Fields were to fall and then take him at four just because the system relies on... Uh, being safe and efficient so i think trey lance is the pick here i'd love it in my opinion disagree with me you no know, i just don't see them going quarterback unless it's um zach wilson or maybe maybe Fields. i think that trey lance since he's such a project um they might not want to take him while they already have their quarterback with a big cap hit i mean i think for trey lance he's a project but you don't want to sit him for the whole year you have to put him in mid-season just because if you're away from football for two seasons, if you're off the field for two seasons, if he comes back that third season, he's going to be rusty. He's not going to remember what it feels like to be in a game, fans all around you. Hopefully there will be fans back by then. But um, 
it's going to be a weird dynamic for him after not playing for two seasons and all of a sudden having to play, you know, the Buccaneers defense instead of South Dakota State's defense, you know? It, it's going to be it's going to be hard for him at first. I don't see him going this high. I think he should fall to at least eight where the Panthers are. Also, you have this guy, Kyle Pitts. Why not just take him? He's he is so good at everything a tight end needs to be good at. Um, I, I guess he's not the best blocker, whatever. But like, if you're using him as like a blocking tight end, you're not using him right in the first place. He has the potential to be um, better than Travis Kelsey, who's the best tight end in the league right now, probably. I think he's a mismatch against uh, corners and linebackers. I love this guy so much. He's my favorite prospect. I would have taken him there. But let's move on. Let's move on to five, where we we have two op- or we have three options here. Penny Sewell for the Bengals. Do they need to um, buff up that offensive line a lot? You got Jamar Chase, um, who played with Joe Burrow at LSU. He was the wide receiver one. He is the wide receiver one in this class for me. He just edges out Jalen Waddle, and then there's Kyle Pitts, who I absolutely love. He is he is a versatile weapon all around has the potential to be the most dominant receiving threat in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, But, you know, I also think the Bengals would never take a tight end this early. They're kind of a more, let's just say a traditional front office. They don't like to take that many risks. That's why I don't think they would trade back. It's, it's kind of unlike them. Um, And I also think that they can find better receiving talent later on in the draft, which is why I'm going to have them take, Penny Sewell, who's a great prospect, you know, they could start him at tackle or they could start him at guard and then move him to tackle in his second year. I think either way would work out great for him. You know, Joe Burrow's coming off a gruesome, gruesome leg injury. You're going to want to protect him. This is a great pick. And also, I just want to say they couldn't have gone wrong with um, any of these other picks too. Um, They're in a great spot. And you know, these trades that just happened with um, the Dolphins really helps them out because they're, it pretty much guarantees that um, they're going to be able to take a a tackle or a wide receiver. You know, I don't think the Niners are going to be taking a tackle or wide receiver that early and the Dolphins were. So uh, this is your pick. And this is one of the new ones. We got the Dolphins at six. I never thought I would see this. Um, Who are you going to go, my man? This is pretty interesting. There is obviously the number and consensus would be Jamar Chase. People could argue Kyle Pitts because even though his primary position is tight end, you could move him anywhere pretty much. He's a versatile weapon, as Bengal says. But um, in my opinion, I think Tua is going to be their quarterback next year. And I think the Dolphins will want to be smart and give him give him a guy who he already knows, who he's played with before, and he's had success with. I'm going to go Jalen Waddle, okay? I'm not buying this Devontae Smith stuff. I'm going Jalen Waddle. He's wide receiver one or two next to Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, he's been out of football for a year. Um, and the Dolphins, they're kind of a win-now team. They have a really damn good roster. Jalen Waddle can step in there, be effective day one. He can create some separation. He can help out Tua because they have a connection. And I think... With this pick, it's a lot better because Mike Gusecki, he's 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 pretty good, and he's we already know who he is. So 
You could still say Kyle Pitts, but in my opinion, no. Panay Sewell's off the board. I would consider it if he still was there, because you could probably uh, move him to right tackle or stick him on the inside, because if, if he plays guard day one, he's going to be one of the better ones. But you got to help out your young quarterback with receiving talent. It was Devontae Parker, and that's about it besides Mike Gusecki. Got to give your quarterback weapons. I think Tua has the potential to take his team to the playoffs, but he needs help. That's the thing. He's not going to do it by himself. He needs some... He needs a good supporting cast, and I think Jalen Waddle does that. And I'm not too concerned about the injury because um, people would say Devontae Smith here, but we all saw that Devontae Smith broke out this year with Mac Jones. He still played he still played good last season, but uh, excuse me, Jalen Waddle, he played really well with Tua throwing him the football. So this is my pick right here. 100%, my man. Um, Look, I think it's interesting. They just got their speedy deep threat in Will Fuller in free agency. So you're going to double down on that. It's not a terrible decision. I mean, they do need a wide receiver three, totally. Um, this would be kind of a spot. I know they just traded it up, but I don't think they need to be here. I don't think they need a wide receiver that bad. And if Sewell's gone, I don't know if you take Slater here. I think that would be a great fit, but they should have stayed down at 12 for that. It's a weird spot for them. It's not a bad spot. It's a weird spot. Um, definitely think Waddle is this is good range for him. Six overall. He does have very, very high potential. Surprised you didn't go with Jamar Chase. I think that would have been a better scheme fit, but Waddle does have that connection with Tua. Um, I don't know. With any further ado, let's move forward to the seventh pick, the Lions. This one is one of the easier ones for me. You know, I think it's clear-cut. Jamar Chase, they lost Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay in this free agency. They need 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 a wide receiver. And Jamar Chase, I think, is going to work perfectly. I think he can separate more than Galladay did. Um, and I think he has the potential to be, like, super elite, top five in the league. This guy put up crazy numbers in that Joe Burrow offense. And he outplayed Justin Jefferson. And just look how Justin Jefferson's been doing in the league. Um Jamar Chase is my pick here. I think it's an A-plus pick for them. And, you know, the Lions are in a good spot here because I think they, they're pretty set on just taking the receiver. And they had they have three good options um, with Waddle, Chase, and uh, Devonta Smith. Whoever falls, they'll take. I don't think Pitts can play for them since they drafted a tight end two years ago and Trey Hawkinson. But, um, I mean, do they need pits? I don't think so. Not with well, not with those other uh, wide receivers on the board. And also don't really think they could have gone defense there uh, just because they want to support their new quarterback, Jared Goff. Um, this is the weirdest one in the draft, this eighth pick. I want to see where you go with this. Yeah. The big four are off the board. I love Mac Jones. I think he's a great quarterback, and I think he can he can very well succeed and end up playing really well. But – I think pick eight is a little bit too high for him, and I yeah. think I think that the Panthers would rather go ahead and tr- trade away this pick to try and get Deshaun Watson, but for this sake, we're just going to have them stick at pick number eight. They could help their secondary go and pass or tame. They could help the O-line and complement um, Taylor Moten, but I think right here, the pick is obvious. Kyle Pitts is still on the board. They're t- yeah. they, they, they do not have a standout tight end. They already have Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey. And now you're adding Kyle Pitts, a guy who can play tight end, a guy who can line up at receiver. Joe Brady is going to know how to use him. And this is just asking to have a lethal offense. And this is, 
I mean, if they also get to Sean Watson, this Panthers team is probably going to have the best offense in the NFL. That's how good Kyle Pitts is and how he can complement the other guys on this team. Yeah, and I remember seeing a stat about um, DJ Moore having been the only receiver with like two 1,000-yard um, scrimmage seasons in a row or something like that. I mean, this offense with him, Robbie Anderson, McCaffrey, Pitts, not the best O-line and not the best quarterback, but once they get those pieces filled, this offense, I will not be able to not watch the Panthers games, even though they're not the most um, historically great franchise. I mean, this offense will – oh, my God. I love Kyle Pitts as a prospect. I love that pick. This one's very interesting. Um, Denver Broncos at nine. Look, they need a quarterback, but I think they should stick with Locke for one more year. I think um, he deserves it. He showed some promise in his rookie season in a down year. I hope he works hard in this offseason. That's really what he has to do. And then for a while, I was mocking a lot of um, corners here because, you know, they they needed a corner after Bouye had that PD. And then Bouye looks like he's going to be on his way out. But then they signed Ronald Darmy and they signed um, Kyle Fuller. So they really don't need a corner anymore. Um, I think they offensive line is definitely an option for them but I think it's more likely that they go linebacker and I'm going to take Jeremiah Awusu it's a perfect scheme fit for what they love to run um in that 3-4 defense he's super flexible you can use him in a lot of different ways um I don't like Micah Parsons as much as him I know that's kind of a hot take and I think this is a better scheme fit for them anyways I don't think the value here is bad at all. I think it was a karma. He's kind of like the Isaiah Simmons of this year's draft for me, where he's a little bit position flexible, but he's also just really great as a traditional um, linebacker. And I don't think you can go wrong with that pick at all. Um, this is your, definitely your second favorite team now. Let's move on to the Dallas yeah. Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, I think this is pretty easy. I mean, a lot of people were saying J.C. Horn could go this early, but I'm pretty sure he had the back injury, right, Kai? Or or was it Caleb Farley? No, Caleb Farley had the back injury. Oh, it was Caleb Farley. Mm-hmm. Hmm. A lot of people ha- think J.C. Horn could get taken one, but in my opinion, it's Pat Sertain is just the safe pick right here. Dallas mm-hmm. needs help in their secondary so bad. They, they, they added some safeties, and... I think they need a complimentary cornerback. So I don't think Trevon Diggs is ass, but he definitely needs to be covering the two wide receiver. I think Sertain, he can step it up. He was coached by Nick Saban. He's a smart, smart football player. And he's going to be that number one corner. I don't think he will necessarily be elite his first season, but around year two, year three, it could probably work out. Dan Quinn was a pretty good DC early on in his coaching career. I like it here. It's safe. And I think the Cowboys should not really take any risks here, in my opinion. The O-line, they're getting back Lael Collins and Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith could get hurt, but based by looking at the roster right now, tackle is not really a need. And, I mean, I guess you could say Parsons, but I think it's too high, and I think the character concerns are not really a good fit for Dallas. I think he'd be better suited to a team that uh, embraces a good culture. So I'm going to retain here. 100%. I like that peck a lot. I also think it's um, great to pair him with Trayvon Diggs from Alabama. Yeah, the Alabama were, connection. 
Yeah, and I don't know. It's, it's, the Cowboys feel is like drafting these big school guys. Um, do that. The Raiders do it too. Um, let's move on for the um, New York Giants at eleven. You know, I really thought that they were gonna take a wide receiver here, but they signed Galladay, they signed John Ross. It doesn't look like they're gonna do that anymore. I'm gonna do a bit of a surprising pick on this one. You know, they could do defense. But I end up thinking that they're not going to go with defense just because their defense was so good last year. I think they need to balance it out and go offense. And I also think Dave Gettleman, when has he ever been predictable in the draft? Never. We're going to help their offensive line, which was um, below average last year. Elijah Vera Tucker. I mean, this is a nail on. I think it's a great pick. A lot of people will say it's too early, but I really don't. He's a guard with tackle flexibility. If there's injuries, he's going to help stabilize their um, the middle of their offensive line. I mean, Saquon Barkley is going to need to be back in full force if they want to make a playoff push next year. Because um, last year, he couldn't get any running lanes. The middle of their offensive line in the very beginning of the season when he was healthy was trash. Um, Vera Tucker is honestly one of my favorite prospects just because of how like technically a sound he is. Um, you know, he's not a perfect guard prospect or anything, but he is a solid, safe pick, in my opinion. Um, now let's move on to one of the trade, the traded picks. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles at 12. This is pretty interesting here. I'm just going to say this. I doubt it's Mac Jones here. Highly doubt it. It wouldn't be horrible, but just rock with Jalen Hurts. But anyways, Howie Roseman, he's an idiot, in my opinion. He's a pretty bad GM. And he's kind of like Gettleman. He's kind of unpredictable. He took Jalen Rager, and the Vikings front office was, were literally laughing at him because they thought he was so stupid. I think right here, obviously, wide receiver is a huge need. They don't really have anyone now. They could take Rashawn Slater, and I, I think that would be a pretty good pick because yeah. Jason Peters is, uh, I, I think he's retiring or something, right? I highly doubt he's coming back. Yeah. Um, the Their O-line was horrible, so you know what? I'm actually going to go Rashawn Slater right here. I think Devontae Smith would be a good option here too, but O-line is the foundation of football teams. you got to be able to protect a quarterback. you got to be able to establish a run game. And their O-line was so bad, they couldn't do any of it. It's why Carson Wentz struggled. It's why Jalen Hurts overall played pretty bad too. So you got to fix the O-line. Rashawn Slater, pretty good plug-and-play day one. I like the pick here. Yeah, also you can, you can put him at guard if you need to or tackle because I think that with their injuries, they're going to need to move them around a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it's honestly a perfect fit. And I also think it's a safe pick. If you're going to take him at 12, play him at guard, I think you've got to start him at guard in the, uh, the NFL level. And I think he'll honestly be a great guard, but the hope is that he will be also a great tackle. I don't know if you can get there, but maybe. All right, now let's go with the, uh, the Chargers. This is interesting. They've really been buffing up this offensive line for the whole free agency. Um, you know, I think they also have to look at edge though. Um, get someone to pair with Joey Bosa. Um, people were saying wide receiver here, like Devonta Smith. I don't really see that. This one's really hard in my opinion, but I think I'm going to end up going with Christian Darisaw. Um, I think that their front off uh, front office has a goal of just protecting Herbert. Don't take any chances. Um, kind of doing the opposite of what the Kansas City Chiefs are doing right now in that same division with um, the Chiefs offensive line. 
think Darius is a great pick. I love him as a prospect. He's not getting talked about at all just because Slater and Sewell simply exist and are probably better prospects. But look, I mean, this is it's just another safe pick. You can just throw him in left tackle and he'll be solid. It's going to be protecting Justin Herbert's blind side. I don't see how you can go wrong. All right, let's go with the 14th pick, Minnesota Vikings. This one, this one's pretty hard in my opinion too. There's a lot of ways that the Vikings could go. They need help on the interior. It's pretty bad. So you could maybe try and move a tackle to guard. But their secondary really was atrocious last year. Uh, I'm pretty sure they made one signing. I'm forgetting who it was. They could also go edge here. Mike Zimmer loves his edge rushers. And he traded for, for Yannick Nagakwe for a reason. Didn't work out. He might want to do. He might want to pick an edge. But I think after this season, he could either retire or get fired. So, I think I think you have to attack the secondary here too, and uh, it's got to be J.C. Horn here. He blew up the combine. He people are saying he could eventually be the best corner in the entire draft. I think Mike Zimmer knows uh, that this guy can be dominant in the NFL. He can develop him. Some of their rookie cornerbacks from last year they're going to be veterans. Uh, they added a veteran cornerback. I'm forgetting who. It, wait, was it Pat Pete? Was it Patrick Peterson? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So they already have a veteran guy who was a number one cornerback. He can teach him a lot. And then you got Mike Zimmer right there. I think the Vikings could have a very nice rebound next year. And it starts with the defense because the defense is horrible. It's not going to work out. They addressed kind of the kind of the the run stopping issues. But I think now this really fixes the secondary. And this Vikings defense is going to be a classic Mike Zimmer defense. I think it's going to be probably top fifteen. Hundred percent, man. And also. I really would have liked to see a, a tackle or an inside offensive lineman go here. But, I mean, look what happened. Darisaw Slater and Tucker just went before. They really couldn't do anything at 14 that would be worth the value to fix the offensive line. Um, kind of sucked for them, but they'll just have to deal with it. I mean, there's really nothing you can do. It's just an unfortunate situation for them in this scenario. All right, Patriots. I'm going to surprise. Actually, I'm, I'm not sure if this is going to be a surprise. Look, in free agency, they went out and they grabbed everybody. They filled all their holes. They probably need, in my opinion, a wide receiver one, but um, you can grab that later on in the draft. You can, you can, uh, in the second round, I think they can get someone decent enough for their receiving core. This is where they take Mac Jones. Yeah. Him right away. They can uh, start him behind. They can send him behind uh, Newton. But... I mean, this is perfect scheme fit, culture fit. He's the leader. He's he's Tom Brady um, from Alabama. <laughs> no, I don't know if I want to go that far, but I really like Mac Jones as a prospect. I don't, he's not really like physically gifted, special or anything, but he does all the fundament, fundamentals correctly for a pocket passer, which is the Patriot way. Um, and I really don't think I could – uh, I really don't know if there's any way to criticize that pick. And I know Etienne is going to hate it just because he's in that division um, with the Jets. But let's move on, unless you have anything to say about that one. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I got something to say. Like, from a from a just unbiased NFL fan, I love this pick. I love Mac Jones as a prospect. He's safe. He fits New England. He can execute the system. Potentially Tom Brady. I don't know. It's a little bit high of a comp. But from a Jets fan, I, I will be scared shitless if this happens on draft day. I, like, I have so much confidence in Mac Jones succeeding. Like you said, he's not physically, he's not the most physically gifted, but he makes do with what he has, and his mechanics are pretty, over, they're pretty good overall. So, 
Anyways, pick 16. There's a lot of things you can do here if you're Arizona. This this is really tough, in my opinion. I know. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, they, they kind of addressed the O-line by trading for Rodney Hudson. They got uh, DJ Humphreys on the left side. And the left side of the O-line is pretty good. You could go Tevin Jenkins right here and make yeah. right tackle a little bit better. I, I, I'm not sure if it's the best value pick here. Um, He's an actual right tackle. Who is? Mayfield. Um, but you can also go corner. I would like that. Yeah, corner. Corner is a pretty big need. They could go Caleb Farley, honestly. They could, even though he, he does have injury history. So um, it's, it's a little bit risky right there. I kind of want to say for, for shits and giggles, Najee Harris. Just because yeah. I feel like, I feel like it would be such a Cardinals Actually, thing to do. Actually, I don't think that's that unrealistic. I mean, he's it, a great Honestly, I mean, the Cardinals, in my opinion, the Kenyon Drake didn't really work out for them. Chase Edmonds, so, is he really going to do you much? Out. He's going to... Yeah, Kenyon Drake left, but when he was there, he didn't really do anything. Yeah. No, fuck it. We're taking Najee Harris here. The Cardinals... Bell Cowback. Yep, Bell Cowback. The Cardinals want the most electric offense. Wide receiver's pretty good. DeAndre Hopkins, we already know that. Christian Kirk, I am a huge believer in him. They could probably add another receiver later on. Yeah. I think corner quarter or cornerback is not a bad pick here. But this offense, it kind of struggled because their run game, it was pretty inconsistent. Uh, their best game was against the Cowboys, and that's because they had an atrocious defense. Other than that, they, they solely relied on the air raid, the passing of Kyler Murray. Cliff Kingsbury is going to be on the hot seat. He's got to switch up the offense a little bit, and I think running the football more is going to be part of that. And they finally got arguably the best center in the NFL now, so it's going to open up a lot more opportunities to get some big runs and then eventually maybe some more play action. Sets up the deep ball. It's actually a pretty good fit in my opinion. It's, it's high for running back, not going to lie. I'm not a huge fan of this, but I'm going with it. I like that pick so much just because I think it feels like a Cardinals pick to just go with that flashy yeah. Last year with Isaiah Simmons, um, and it didn't work out at the beginning of the season, but he showed a lot of promise in the second half of the season. Um, you know, I think they really need to establish that run game because they had no, like, their run game was inconsistent to say the least last season. But uh, let's move on, and this is by far like the hardest pick to predict. I don't really think it's the hardest pick to choose, just because there's a lot of options and they have a lot of holes. But in terms of the Raiders' draft history. You never, ever, ever know where they're going to go with Mike Mayock. He's the weirdest person ever. Um, so is John Gruden. I mean, uh, this one's really hard for me. I think Devonta Smith will be an option just because they love, um, like, big school guys, and they could pair him up with Ruggs again. You know, they they just lost um, Tyrell Williams, and they lost Nelson Aguilar, so they do need a wide receiver three. So they did um, – they did sign Willie Sneed, but I don't know if he's going to be a rotational guy or starter. Micah Parsons would fit. They need a linebacker and a middle linebacker, and they need, and they're not afraid of the um, like behavioral issues because it is the Raiders. It is John Gruden. He's never been afraid of behavioral issues. Um, offensive line. Um, I don't know what they did with their offensive line, but they traded or cut them all. Um, to go tackle here. But I think inside offensive line is more of a need for them. And I don't really think anyone fits their value over here this early, um, which is why this could be a trade down spot. But I also don't really see them trading down. What I'm going to do is take Micah Parsons here just because um, 
they've never, ever, ever been afraid of the behavioral stuff. And he's a great prospect that could easily go top 10, but he didn't. He fell to them. They'll take him. I think they'll be happy with this pick. You know, a highly prospect guy. He was a five-star, as you can see. They love they love these guys, pure physical talent. I think it's a good pick. All right, let's I, go. The yeah, second, I definitely second like that pick. pick. Yeah, second Dolphins pick. It's a lot of options that they can go here. Honestly, a trade down might be the best case overall, but for this sake, we're not going to do that. They could boost the interior by drafting a guy a little bit high or just slotting a guy over from tackle to guard. Mm-hmm. But their running game was it was really like non-existent last year. And the thing is, when Tua played at Alabama, he always had a check down. He's a, he, Tua is a safe quarterback. He'll take the check down if it's there. And a guy like Travis Etienne, by the way, it's Etienne, so I'm just going to keep saying that. But anyways, yeah. Travis is, he's a great pass catcher. He is a lot of burst. Once he has the ball in his hands, he can take off. He's a Clemson guy. He's coached pretty well. Miami needs to get a little bit more dynamic on offense. I think if they're doubling down on the deep threat, you got to do that with a good running back that can get these big yard runs. So then it sets up the play action because then the linebackers are going to be coming down to the box. It's play action. You have Will Fuller and you have Jalen Waddle wide open. Running back is necessary here. It could be a reach, but honestly, I don't really see a better pick here. Might as well just go with Travis, with Travis Etienne, a guy who has shown that he was the safety blank for Trevor Lawrence in that Clemson offense. The, the Dolphins, they're, they're a really good team once they figure out the offense. And they do that by addressing it in this draft with running back and wide receiver. So there. You know, I don't love that pick because I would have taken tackle here. I think they, they can move their right tackle to guard. He has guard flexibility. Um, Robert Hunt. Yeah, Robert Hunt. And they could they could have taken Jenkins here, Cosme, Bayfield. Um, Jenkins would be great just because, remember, right tackle. He's a natural right tackle. And right tackle is to his blind side as well. So um, oh, yeah. it's more important for the Dolphins than any other team. But, you know, Travis Etienne, there's never going to be a predictable for every single one. Um, but this is a great a great spot for the, um, the Washington football team, who I think are going to take a tackle here um, to develop and, you know, save up for when they have that young quarterback, hopefully next year. I don't think they go defense. I think their defense is already good enough. Um, and I also don't think they go wide receiver because they got Curtis Samuel. They have Terry McLaurin. Um, I really, really like um, boosting the offensive line here. They need a tackle. The question is which one. I don't know if I rate uh, Tevin Jenkins this high um, as TDN has him at 18. I don't know if he's worth that. Samuel Cosme, I like him. I really like Mayfield. You know, I really like Mayfield. I might just pick him. Um, Leatherwood, he has the ability to play guard or tackle probably. Ray Dunes, I think, will fall more. Eichenberg, you know, I'm going to go Jalen Mayfield because I really like him as a prospect. I think he's very um, good technically. I think that he could um, maybe develop into a left tackle. For now, they could just start him on the right. Uh, Their offensive line is not the best in the league. They definitely needed a lot of help. Um, But this is a team coming up, the Chicago Bears, that they also need an offensive lineman. So let's see where you go with them. Offensive line is the rational and smart pick. Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, they're one season away from getting fired. If you take O-line, you're assuming that you are going to have your job for a while. O-line 
it's it's a it's a, it's probably their base position of need because their offensive line is horrible. But I think if Devontae Smith falls all the way over here, Ryan Pace is scared he's gonna lose his job. Their defense is already it's already established. It's already like pretty contender worthy. Offense is the issue. You gotta protect Andy Dolan, but I I just have this bad feeling that the Bears are gonna completely neglect O line again. Devontae Smith, we know what he did in college football. I, I don't think he's gonna really work out. But Matt Nagy, he needs some dynamic playmakers in his offensive system. You already have Allen Robinson, who is more of a possession kind of 50-50 ball receiver. I like Darnell Mooney a lot, but I think you got to add Devontae Smith right there too. I think this offense could be it, it could be a little bit better than people expect. But I mean, if I was Bears GM, I'd go I'd I'd go with a tackle like Tevin Jenkins or any of the other guys available, Sam Cosme. But man, I just have this bad feeling that pace. It's a, it's a desperation attempt to stick around for another season because they're not getting Russell Wilson. You got to give Andy Dalton as much help as possible. You know, I guess it, it makes sense because it is BPA for your offense, which is what was struggling a lot. But again, I mean, we saw Andy Dalton with a bad offensive line and a ton of weapons last year. <laughs> Look what happened. Yeah. Uh, makes me think they could draft like maybe a quarterback with a lot of upside and just didn't really show any potential like Kellen Mond a lot later in the draft um, and sit him at first and maybe throw him in midseason. I think that would be the move if you're the Bears at this point in the offseason. Yes, this is a weird pick. I would definitely, again, as you said, I would go tackle. But um, I guess if you're trying to save your job, you got to go flashy, get the guy who fell to you. It would be weird if they if Devonta Smith fell past 20. But I honestly think, um, as you can see, I never really strongly, strongly considered him in a lot of these picks, so it's definitely possible. Um, this is one of the easier ones, in my opinion, because Anthony Costanzo is retired, and the Colts always put a huge emphasis on their offensive line. They need a left tackle to play next to um, uh, Quentin Nelson. A lot of people were taking Eichenberg because Notre Dame and Notre Dame, but they never played together, so I'm not going to say – I'm not going to put that. I really, really like Samuel Cosme here. He's a natural left tackle, and he has a lot of upside. Um, luckily, the Colts have the best offensive line coach in the league. They'll be able to development, develop him. I think it's a it's an easy pick. He's a great player, um, and I also think it'll work out. I mean, they're really good at drafting, and I think this is a good pick. Um, let's move on, 22. Um, right before the Jets pick, this is the Titans, and where are you going to go? The Titans lost so many pieces this past offseason. I think they're going to be a bottom feeder this year, even with Derrick Henry. There's a lot of ways that they could go. They kind of already addressed edge. I would like Quiddy Pay here, but I think since they already signed Bud Dupree and they have Harold Landry, kind of knocks it uh, off. So, um, But at wide receiver, who do they really have now? A.J. Brown, and yeah. that's it. Corey yep. Davis is gone. Adam Humphreys, they released. I don't know anyone else on their depth chart at wide receiver. It's pretty bad. Yeah, Khalif Raymond's also on his way out. So Yeah, I mean, the wide receiver is a bigger need here than the secondary, in my opinion, even though they got rid of Adoree Jackson. I mean, this Titans team, the foundation was the offense last season, and they still made the playoffs, even though their defense is pretty bad. They couldn't get after the quarterback, but I think they will, and it will kind of make up for their secondary we got to go Rashad Bateman right here. A lot of people think that Rashad Bateman can be a really nice 
uh, kind of slot wide receiver can create separation. I like him too. Um, some people could argue the guy from Florida. I'm blanking on his name because uh, uh, what's his name? Kadarius Tony. Yeah, Kadarius Tony. But I'm going with Shad Bateman here. They gotta improve on offense. They gotta get another receiver. I think he kind of. I think he could kind of take over the role that Adam Humphreys was supposed to fit. It'd be that nice slot, uh, kind of safety blanket guy for Tannehill. But wide receivers, the biggest need here, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's a great pick, and I honestly think it's their only option here is to get a wide receiver. Um, you know, Corey Davis meant a lot to this team last year. He had over, he had near a thousand yards. They need to fill all those targets with somebody, and they can't really do it in free agency at this point. They have to draft someone round one. Bateman's good. I mean, you can't go wrong here with any of these guys, um, Tony or Marshall. Um, even if they reach for like Elijah Moore. I don't think it would be the end of the world. Amari Rogers, I would never see them doing that. But as long as they're getting a receiver in the building, I think it's good for them. Now, this one, you're obviously going to have some opinions on because I get to pick for your team. Um, let's go. I think they could either go Edge here or Caleb Farley. I kind of – it would kind of be a steal if he recovers from that injury and he plays great um, and he plays to his full potential. Because if he plays to his full potential – you know, this is a guy who could easily, easily go up here in this range to a team. Um, but he fell because he's going to have to have the surgery. I don't know when this, how this will affect, like, his playtime in his rookie season. And corner is probably the Jets' biggest need right now. They're distraught at that position. Um, but again, are there any corners other than um, Farley that are worth it at pick 23? And I don't think any of them are. Um Plus, you got to consider with the Jets, you know, they get to pick in the second round too, very, very early at the 34th pick. So they can just grab their corner guy there. I think this is where you got to go best player available, which is going to be for me, Jalen Phillips. They need an edge. I know they just signed okay. Vinny Curry, but you need three edges in the NFL, especially if you're Robert Sala's defense. This guy Plus, um, Carl Lawson is going to help your defense so much. Get penetration. is Getting penetration um, on the defensive front, in my opinion, is more important than your secondary um, because this is how you can really affect the quarterback. Um, and I think Jalen Phillips is my edge number one. I'm surprised. I think he's the first edge off the board. Yeah. Kind of rare. Big time. Oh. Well, the Jets had a lot of options here. You know, they could have gone pay. They could have gone Ojolari, which I think he's a little bit overrated. They could have gone Jason Owe, who has a lot of potential, a lot of um, upside. But Jalen Phillips has an upside, too, and I think he's the best um, technically gifted corner. I mean, sorry, technically gifted edge in this draft right now. Um, let's go on to my favorite team, <laughs> Steelers. Uh, what do you got to say, Etienne? I think their receiving core is already very nice. So they lost – or they're losing Alejandro Villanueva. They had their right tackle poached by the Chargers. O-line is the biggest need for them right now. They got to they they got to protect Big Ben. I, I don't think he's going to do well anyways, but it doesn't matter. Still have to protect, still have to protect the quarterback. Say Dwayne Haskins comes in later on. Anyways, running back is an issue for them too, but you could get a good running back, but if the O-line is trash, it doesn't work. So we're going to go with an offensive tackle here get down to it and we are taking tevin jenkins screw it um 
yeah, it, I mean, it's 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 the biggest position that they need, in my opinion. You have to you have to build the O line. It's the foundation of every single NFL offense. I think teams are are finally starting to realize the true value that offensive line brings to teams. I think the Colts kind of started the whole uh, offensive line craze with their team. Teams are seeing, yeah, this position is pretty important. It opens up the run game and the passing game. Uh, you 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 just have to try and get that franchise tackle for the future and protect the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you could maybe move him to left tackle, but I think they're just going to start him at right tackle yeah. for now. Um, I don't really think this is for Big Ben. It's for their future. I mean, this is going to be one of the worst offensive lines in the league unless they get someone early. Um, I don't have anything to say about this pick other than it, they needed to do it. Um, this is the really hard one for me, though. The Jacksonville Jaguars at 25. Trevor Lawrence obviously was their first pick. Now they have to get... Um, someone to compliment him in the first round. And I don't think they're going to go offense just because they franchise tag Cam Robinson. So you got that left tackle position filled. The offensive line other than him is mediocre. But again, I don't really see anyone that's worth it with the offensive tackle pick this early, considering that you have another pick just coming up um, in the beginning of the second round. Their defense was also bad. You know, they could go safety, but I think they're, they're going to wait for safety. I don't think they're going to take one this early their run defense was also terrible last year which is why i'm going to take christian barmore to help fill in those gaps in the um middle of the defensive line i love this prospect he's by far my favorite defensive tackle in this class i think he's really really good and he has a lot of upside i think this is one of the best picks they know they signed uh, uh roy roberts and harris but um he can he can kind of be your like pass rushing defensive tackle and Barmore is going to be your run stuffing defensive tackle. You can also pass rush pretty well. In my opinion, I think he's great. Um, Alabama breeds, as you know, as a Jets fan, great inside defensive lineman. So yeah, this is a great pick for me. And now another one of my favorite teams of being sarcastic, the Cleveland Browns, who are you going to pick for them? People are going to say corner. I, I don't think it's the biggest need right now. I think, I think that Olivier Vernon, this is his last season there, and then they're probably going to cut him due to financial reasons because Baker Mayfield, he's going to be getting the contract probably after this season, and you got to have someone to replace him. Edge is the pick here. Could go Aziz Ojolari, but in my opinion, I like Quiddy Pay a little bit more. So we're going to go Quiddy Pay right here. I think he could be a very good pass rusher, and not to mention they have Miles Garrett, who will be on the other side of him. He has a lot to learn from Miles Garrett, a younger star in the NFL. Olivier Vernon, a guy who's been in the league for a long time, guy who can kind of kind of mold him in there. And even this season, he can kind of rotate between uh, Olivier Vernon and Miles Garrett when they both need breaks. This Browns defense is heavily improved with their additions at safety. I think he's the right pick here. It's it's a little bit more for the future, but not not too far in the future. Kind of like a next year because I think they're still going to be in it. So this is my pick here. I, I don't really see a better player here. You could go, you could go Caleb Farley, but the injuries are a huge concern. And it would be a waste of a pick if you picked him and then he's hurt the entire season. Because this Browns team, they can kind of win in this next one to three years, in my opinion. This is their window. Yeah. I also think they could have gone linebacker, maybe. Um, like an inside linebacker. But again, they also need edge. They need someone to call him in Miles Garrett. I honestly think he might start right away. Because I think off the bat, Olivier Vernon... Started off the season poor, and they really kicked it up in the second half of the season last year. He's on the older side. He's past 30. He's far past 30. I think he's uh, I think he's 32, or at least he'll be 32 um, during the season. 
So yeah, you definitely need a young edge. Um, and Quidipe is great. Um, now this pick, pick 27, Baltimore Ravens, it's one of the worst situations in all football because they have two massive, massive, massive needs. I don't know what their front office was doing, but they failed to get a wide receiver in free agency. They tried for Kenny Galladay and they couldn't get him. And then they also tried, um, I think they, I heard that they tried, they tried for Juju and they also tried for um, one other person who chose to stick with their team. I'm forgetting who, but uh, it's not the best situation. They really need a wide receiver, but they also really need edge. They lost Matt Judon and they lost Yannick Ngakwe in day one of free agency. These are two positions where they're literally totally distraught and they have nothing at. Not to mention, at receiver, they also lost. Um, they also really lost. Sneed. So that's not looking too good. Um, this is where I think you've got to go best player available. I don't think Ojolari uh, is right for here for this spot. I don't think Owe is right for this spot either at edge. And I don't think Rousseau is right for this spot either. And then you're getting the second round graded guys. Osai could. He's, he's been falling lately. I could definitely pick him here and he. I'll put him. I'll put him in the back of my mind. Uh, receiver here. I don't think they go Tony because I don't think he's a fit. Marshall would be a great fit in my opinion. He's a good run blocker too. Um, is a big guy. They kind of need a bigger presence at the receiver spot, and I might just pick him. I'm gonna go Osai. Yeah, I like in that. Four. Um, in that three-four system, I think you know what. They're going to go, I guess we can get a wide receiver later. We can just pretty much draft two wide receivers in around rounds two and three because they're going to need to. Maybe they can sign some veteran guys that are um, still on the board in free agency. Um, but, yeah, they, they're they not going to be the same team they were last season. I feel bad for Lamar because he's not getting the best help. Um, and It's really bad. It's a really bad look for the Ravens here. But yeah, let's move on to the Saints, 28. All oh, the cap problems. Who do you think they're going to be picking? This is another interesting pick. Today, Marshawn Lattimore was, I think, arrested. So cornerback might be a bigger need now. But I think this team has restructured a lot of contracts where they're keeping a lot of their key players to where they are going to still try and win next season. I, I, don't, think they, I don't think they're going to be like a 12-win team. Maybe nine, best case scenario, but worst case, it's going to be three. I think wide receiver is the move here. Sean Payton is an offensive head coach. He's a smart mind. Drew Brees is gone. It's going to be Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. You have Michael Thomas, and that's about it. Traquan Smith, he's okay. They lost Jared Cook, too. So they have a they have a big need at tight end. I think it's a bit too early to reach for a tight end. Yeah. I, th- I think Kadarius Toney is the better fit here just because he's a guy who can create a lot of separation terrence marshall wouldn't be a bad pick either because they do have alvin Kamara, and uh, like you said he's a really good run blocker i think either one is fine but traquan smith he doesn't really create that much separation tony's a guy who can line up in the slot he uh he does need to work on his hands a little bit more but michael thomas he's pretty good hands i think this coaching staff can definitely i i think if Kadarius tony were to succeed the saints are probably one of the better fits for him yeah, yeah. He's kind of like a weapon. Like they could use him in all their weird offensive ways that Sean Payton likes to do. You know. Mm-hmm. All right. I guess we're gonna be moving on to another team that always surprises us. 
surprised us last year by taking um Jordan Love. Yeah. Um, this is the Packers. I you know they could go wide receiver, but I just don't believe they're ever gonna take a wide receiver in the first hand. <laughs> it's been their need for a while. I mean, they their their logic is oh, we have one of the best receivers in the league, so we don't need another. Um, so they'll take one later, hopefully. Um they need offensive line. I know that they cut their offensive tackle, but he hasn't been signed yet by anybody. I don't really think they're going to go offensive line again. I think they're going to focus on the defense, which is probably the reason they lost last year. And this is the part, this is a part where you could, you mm. could finally take Farley, who's fallen so far. I mean, you could risk it with the injuries and everything. I don't know. They can get edge, you know, linebacker. You know what? I'm going to take Farley. Because they lost last season because of their corner play, um, because of Kevin King being terrible. Um, they needed a corner to call him Jair Alexander. Caleb Farley's kind of has like safety flexibility too. He's a great player. Um, and this is kind of the case of best player available as well. Um, just because, you know, he, he's a top 10 prospect that's fallen only because of injury. Um, concerns so i think it's a great pick for the packers this is uh, buffalo has a lot of routes that they can go with pick number 30 their roster is so so close to a super bowl um corner isn't really the number one need it, they definitely need another guy but it's not like an emergency where they have to go cornerback or or they're not winning anything uh, Trey White, he played he played good this season. A little bit of a step down. Um, Levi Wallace, he's okay. Edge, Edge is really not um, the worst pick here. I think this Buffalo team has got to force some more pressure and get some more turnovers off of sacks and force fumbles. Um, their run defense wasn't really good. They need an Edge who can also kind of contain the outside. And, hmm... I don't know. Part of me wants to take Rousseau just because it's unorthodox, but I, I highly doubt that based on his college tape. So um, we're just going to go safe, and we're going to go with uh, Aziz uh, Oljolari. A lot of people like him. Uh, he played at Georgia, a pretty good program. I think he could have a pretty clean transition to the NFL. I think McDermott and um, Leslie Frazier can do a nice job with him. They also have... Uh, I'm, for, I'm blanking on his name, but they, they, they do have some veterans on the D-line. The thing is, Buffalo just... They got to get after the quarterback more. It was inconsistent last year. Some games they would, and then some games they really wouldn't. Their offense was kind of their foundation last season. I think the defense needs to kind of, or their defense needs to go back to being more of the foundation. So it's kind of a 50-50 split. Got to get edge. Got to get after the quarterback. If you're any team, I mean, the 49ers defense was elite based on the sole reason that they were getting after the quarterback constantly. Because their secondary, it wasn't really that good. I think you got to rip one out of the 49ers playbook. Go edge here. That's my pick. I would have liked Rousseau more if you're going to go edge. I'm not going to lie. I know that's well, kind Rousseau's, of... Rousseau's a little bit more of a developmental. So I I feel like this... I mean, it's possible because Buffalo, they, they could have like three to four years left on the window of kind of like Super Bowl winning. But I don't know. I, I'm looking for more of a day one plug and play. I get that. But also like... I'm very concerned about Ojolari's motor. Kind of see him like on tape. He'll give up on the play. He'll kind of just, if they run the ball to the right side and he's on the left or, or vice versa, he'll just kind of stop. And I, I, when I'm looking for an edge, I'm looking for someone who's going to pound it every single play and give full effort. 
And I don't know if he's that guy, but again, they have a great coaching staff. Hopefully he'll work out for them if they end up going with him. But now at pick 31, they um, need it's the Chiefs and they're going to take offensive tackle. I don't even, is this even a question, Etienne? No, it's not even. Just pick the no, player. I, I, they need it. They cut both their tackles. Um, Ray Dunes, they could put him at left tackle. Uh, I'm taking Ray Dunes. I like him here. Kind of blue collar type of school. Uh, North Dakota State, not play the best competition here. Um, but again, compared to the other options you had, I don't think he's that much worse. He also kind of has guard flexibility, but I think they'll just start him at left tackle. Um, they're going to change the playbook a lot to not put that much pressure on the offensive line, or they should at least, and I think they will with that great coaching staff. But yeah, um, it's a pretty easy pick for me. I knew they had to go with the tackle, and I like the fit. Um, he's very technically good. We saw he played really well at the Senior Bowl. So yeah, I think it's a, an easy pick for them. Thirty-two, last one. The it's last pick. Kembe Buccaneers, we're almost done with this podcast. It is our last pick. Who are you going to go? See, I'm not so sure I agree with the team needs on here. I think the interior defensive line is already good. Vita Vea, um, I think wide receiver is already locked down. That's, that's not an issue. They got Mike Evans. They got Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson. Team is, though. What? I mean, it just proves how stacked this team yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, this, this team is – it's like Madden. Like, all the boxes are checked for this team. Interior O-line, they could go, but I think their O-line is sufficient enough. Um, I'm curious. I mean, they re-signed Donovan Smith. I don't think he's that good, but I think that takes away them drafting another tackle. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with this slam dunk pick for the last one of the draft. You know, when Tom Brady retires, they gotta have a new quarterback. Bruce Arians has to have his guy. We're going Kellen Mond right here. I really enjoy Kellen Mond as a prospect. I think pick 32 is very possible for him. Kellen Mond, when you watch his tape, he can make some really tight window throws. His anticipation, he, he does throw with some anticipation. Sometimes, though, um, he won't see some, some corners kind of dropping back, and that is a huge issue. I think Kellen Mond is a guy who has a lot of potential. His, I mean, he's kind of fast. He has a very nice arm. And I think Bruce Arians is the quarterback guru in the NFL. If a guy could go develop Kellen Mond, it would either be Kyle Shanahan or Bruce Arians. And I think Tampa Bay, there's not really a player that's worth taking there besides a quarterback to set them up for the future. Why not have someone sit behind Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, a legendary quarterback and and a, a, a renowned quarterback coach? In my opinion, this is the move right here. I love Kellen Mond as a prospect. I think he's early, I think he's early to mid-second. But if a team really likes him and sees the potential, I think pick 32 is justified. I think in order to see this um, come to fruition, he's going to have to start jumping up draft boards in the weeks before the draft. You know, we see that sometimes where a player will kind of come out of nowhere and push their push their way. The media will push them um, into being first-round prospects, and that hasn't happened yet. So this is kind of like a trailblazing move <laughs> by Etienne. I don't know yeah, if I like power move. I would have just taken, like, offensive line depth because if an injury happens, they can just plug someone in. Um, if that ha- if an injury happens in the playoffs, like with the Chiefs, you know, we saw last year, some better offensive line depth would have really, really helped them. Um, and I, and I would have gone with like a backup guard or a backup tackle. 
that they could develop into a future starter for the Bucks here. You could also, I don't know, taken another corner. Uh, again, they had, just have a lot of holes. Uh, running back, although they just re-signed Fournette today. That's a weird one. But that does conclude our first 2021 mock draft. And there will be a lot more of these to come, especially as we near um, the draft, which is in just over a month away. Wow, so far. But um, I really like how we went with this draft. Um, a lot of questionable decisions. Now by me, <laughs> by Etienne. <laughs> hey, it's the NFL draft. Anything can happen, and we've seen it the past years. Yeah, honestly, anything can happen on draft day in the NFL draft. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to conclude our podcast. Peace.